G'day and bloody welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio. How the frick are you doing? Great to have you here. This is episode 71. 71. It is the 4th of the 9th, 2023. Coming to you live from uh, twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. 7pm, Australian Western Standard Time. The best standard time. My name is Captain Perth and alongside me, Pavloverface and a very special guest, Hello. Sukai. Hey, you. Welcome to Hello. the podcast, mate. Great to freaking have you. Thank you for you. having me. Yeah. I'm oh, very excited to make my podcast debut. I've never done a podcast before. It's going to be yeah. fun. Mate, you're going to be an absolute natural. I'm, I'm, I'm very sure of this. But really appreciate you jumping in and taking over the reins for Grizz. Um, I'd say big shoes to fill, but he's got very small feet. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> very small feet. Oh, uh, but, yeah. Let's let's get that image out of our heads and move on to with how Pav's weekend was. How, how was it, mate? What, what happened? Uh, boys, had a big one. We're back. <laughs> <Big>. <laughs> I mean, Mondo Grande. They <laughs> are back. Um, I actually had my debut. I had my debut as a uh, wedding uh, reception MC. Dude. Yeah. That's huge. Huge. Hell yeah. yeah. Man, um, was it for a friend or what was the guy? No, it was a hired gig. Uh, uh, a uh, DJ friend put my name forward for a uh, with a wedding planner uh, group, and they uh, booked me, gave me a shot, and um, I didn't completely fuck it up. So win win. Nice. So <laughs> yeah. So you got like good response and all that kind uh, of shit. No, I think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus! Oh, no, no. Like I think it was good enough, but not not uh, not great. Like not perfect. Not good. Like it was good enough. Yeah. Like yeah. I did good Possibly. enough for a first for a first attempt, but yeah. I definitely have a, a Mate, lot a lot to upskill before. Good I enough that over. you've not been blacklisted yeah, from ever doing exactly. that kind of work again. And they, they were very supportive. Like the wedding company, were, uh, the planning company, were very supportive. They um, they were they gave me many compliments. Um, but I, my, my friend, my DJ friend was like, gave me like real, <laughs> real feedback. And he was like, yeah. it was good, but we, we've got to work on some stuff. And I, I was like, that's exactly what I need. So perfect. Like what kind of things, man? I can't even imagine what you could possibly <laughs> need to work on. It's it just, it just a different format. And it's, uh, pretty much the areas that I, that I went in with a bit of anxiety. Um, yeah. like it's kind of content writing for weddings is something that I wasn't prepared for. And this is kind of, it was kind of a, um, left a field wedding as well so i was like not kind of the standard i won't go into details in case i listen now <laughs> um but uh but yeah it was just just a bit of a um, bit of a weird weird like a weird one uh yeah. and i had to, like i had to prepare weirdly and then preparing for a weird event without prior knowledge without a <laughs> without a solid base of knowledge uh just kind of like i was treading water for the most part but oh, it Look, hey, dude, you did it. You got at the end of the day, we did it. Gave it a crack. Uh, today, I woke up with the least stress I've had in like months. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I don't think I have any major events coming up anytime soon. Uh, oh, dude, that must be a nice feeling. Yeah, because like just about every month this year has been like something, <laughs> like a next next step up to anything I've ever done before. Uh, like yeah. continuously for the last six months or so. So, 
Uh, but dude, you've been flat out. Yeah, it's been out. mental. It's been mental. But um, yeah, Sunday was also a bit of a busy, packed day. Uh, got to catch up with Sukai. I'll let Sukai kind of tell the tell the um, the rundown. Yeah, I'll let you all know what we one. actually got up to. But uh, yeah, we had a yeah. good good Sunday as well. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah. Have you been gaming much or not really? I mean, you've probably been pretty busy with all no, the wedding. No, but gaming and... gaming begins soon. I think I'm gonna try Ooh. and uh, get a couple streams in again for the rest of the oh year. God. We're gonna try. Sure, We're not, not gonna commit. Face. I hope uh, Kaging isn't here because Kaging will try to, <laughs> 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 try to commit me. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping I get a few few streams in uh, every couple of weeks at least. Hell yeah, dude! Love it. All right. Well, um, before you dive into yours, Sukai, can you just give us a bit of a rundown of like, you know, about yourself, you know, for people that might not have heard your voice before or not know who you are uh, and where they can find all your, your, your bits and pieces, you know, Twitch and et cetera? Oh, well, the voice isn't at 100%. As, hey. as you can tell, I've got a bit of a cold. Yeah, which I may have given to Pav on Sunday, but <laughs> definitely. Look, definitely. he signed a waiver. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally going around though. Like I've, it, I it think is. I've been consistently inoculated with some kind of flu virus for the last two months. So, mm. um, yeah. you know, it's bound to happen. You know, post a post COVID world where you know uh, we've got super cold viruses all of a sudden. I feel like you know they're um, they're brutal. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry to interject. But yeah, can I, I don't know. You're on? good. You're good. Um, well, yeah, I I. I'm Suka, obviously. You've all heard my name a million times when yeah. when uh, Cap reads out the Patreons and yeah and uh, yeah. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Um yeah, well I help I help Pav run Stream Perth. Um kind of you know, we we, we get all, all the organization for that. Um running Cranked between out. between us and a couple of the other guys and and uh yeah, I mean, I, I stream as well, a little bit on the on Twitter and whatnot, Sukai AU on everything pretty much. And uh, yep. yeah, look, if you want to, if you want to come and see some some really scuffed Elden Ring randomizer runs, I've been doing that lately on on Dude. Uh, on my Twitch. That's been that's I'm been quite excited fun. to talk oh to you God. about that the during Elden the house yeah, game and goings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it does. Hell yeah, yeah, big fan of that. It's finally, we haven't had a good enough chance to talk about it on this podcast for a while, so uh, we can dive deep. We'll, we'll deep dive right in. <laughs> oh yeah, much to Pav's uh, dismay, but uh, but yeah. Well, what about your weekend, mate? What what uh, what did you get up to apart from you know? So you saw Pav. What was the yeah you know the uh, the modus operandi for that? So we uh we went to Evolve Expo, which is it was a, a little uh, little sort of pop culture um pop culture expo that runs that was running out of the Cannington Showgrounds. Um, yeah, nice. Pretty pretty low key kind of event. Um, not over the top. Had like had like a bunch of artist stalls and and uh, Tika was there doing just dance and, and the interviews running around. And we were actually there running a panel. Um, well. I say we, it was mostly Des, uh, Desane OCE, yep. who also helps us run Stream Perth. But it was meant to be him and me. But obviously, with my voice the way it was, I was masked up and not really able to talk much. <laughs> so it was kind of him doing the panel. And I was just sort of standing there nodding like, yep, yep, yep I agree yeah. with everything. You're like you a flight attendant doing the, uh, you know. Yeah, pretty much. This is April life jacket on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but no, that's that's uh, that's where we were at on on Sunday. It was it was it was kind of chill actually. It was it was nice having, you know, it's it was it still had an all right turnout, but it wasn't like it wasn't like huge. So yeah. so we were able to kind of you know 
it wasn't super busy, which was nice. Yeah. So did you run a similar uh, thing to you to what you did at Pixel um, in terms of the, yeah. the thing you guys did? Yeah, a similar kind of thing. It was kind of a sit down and like, you know, what 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 you should do if you're if you're looking to like network and collaborate with other people and that sort of thing. Yeah, that wicked. Similar yeah. panel to what we did at Pixel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And a great topic for a lot of people kind of, I mm. guess, floating around in that area because, you know, networking in uh, streaming is bloody important. Not that uh, we tend to do an awful lot of it on OGL, but, <laughs> you know, Not we're like on our own pathway, right? baby. All right? Well, yeah, I know. It's well. mostly me being like, all right, I'm out of here straight as soon as the podcast ends. So there's no possible way I can talk to anyone after this. <laughs> it's what it is. Um, all right, well, rad. So what was the, what was it called again? Sorry? Evolve. Uh, evolve. Okay, and it was like a pop culture thing, similar to yeah, yeah. Anime, yeah. anime, and artists was the was the big thing. Yeah, they've yeah, actually nice. been running for about nine years, if you believe it mm. or not. Um, they nine took years, a break, wow. took a break over COVID, and this was their kind of redemption redemption event. Well, not a redemption. redemption. Uh, <laughs> redemption. Uh, what, what's what's the word? I make uh, the build up the build up uh, event. To yeah. Re- re- restart everything up. Yeah. The 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 reboot. Rebuild. Re- rebuild. Rebuild season. <laughs> the reboot. <laughs> the reboot. Yeah. <laughs> rebuild. We got that. Yeah. It's no. It's right. okay. Yeah. Rad. Um. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know I was on. To be quite honest, but um. You know, not that I know an awful lot about these things, but yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, mate. Nice. Well, look, I didn't do an awful lot. I. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Father's Day was Sunday. Obviously. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. My first Father's Day as a father, um, not a fur father, a skinch father. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can say that, but anyways. Um, but yeah, so that was good fun. Uh, Mia uh, was like, all right, I've got you your favorite thing you could possibly ever want. Full game of, full day of gaming. No, no strings attached. Just go, go for gold. You can play a video game all day. And God, it was amazing. It was so good. I haven't done that in ages. So, uh, yeah, that was really, really nice. Um, and then also got some uh, really rad fucking prints. I bought them for myself for my birthday and Mia got them framed for Father's Day. And so they came in yesterday. My, my father-in-law's a, a, a framer, so he sorted those out for me. And uh, they're by a guy called James Busima, and he has done a take on a few Soulsborne um, IPs, so Elden Ring, Dark Souls, and Bloodborne. And he's turned them into like 70s, 80s uh, fantasy novel covers, and they look fucking rad as hell. Okay, big time. So I posted them on my Twitter um, at Captain Perth TV if you want to have a look, you're listening at home, etc. But uh, yeah, he's got like, you know, uh, Millennia uh, sort of with the Elden Ring thing. And uh, then for Dark Souls, he's got Artorias. And then he's got Eileen uh, uh, um, for the, what do you call it? Bloodborne thing. Pav, hand up. Yep. Uh, I want to chuck a link of, uh, of your post over in our description of today of tonight's episode. So uh, yeah. head over to the link section and check it out. Yeah, so you'll be able to click it, go and have a bit of a squeeze. But yeah, they are super freaking rad. If I do say so myself, not that I drew them or anything, but they're mine. So <laughs> you know, they do. They uh, do look yeah. really hot. Like, yeah, they are really cool. Yeah, I think just the idea of the seventies, eighties fantasy novel kind of thing applied to these games just looks like it's, it's such a a sick idea. So 
yeah, when those popped up on Father's Day, I was just like, yes. <laughs> but I still need to hang them up. So eventually I'll get them hung up behind me and it's going to completely ruin Pav's attempts to green screen me into God knows what. So <clears throat> sorry, Pav. Well, I'll bet oh, you okay. don't. Yeah, pal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so had a pretty bloody good weekend. Um, Saturday, what did we do Saturday? I don't think we did anything Saturday. Kind of just cruised around from memory. Um, oh, we did have friends come over on Thursday night, actually. And um, one of them runs their own cheese making factory, which is amazing. And he gave me a bucket of freshly made mozzarella uh, balls and a bucket of. Um, Oh, what do you call it? Uh, I can't. Uh, burrata. You ever had burrata before? Oh, is amazing. Yeah, burrata is like a soft kind of like cheese, like almost kind of cream cheese basically, but it, it, it has like a, a casing on it and it gets suspended and you can eat the casing and stuff, but we've been going to town on that all week basically. So I made some pizzas over the weekend and um, with the mozzarella and with the burrata, just been having it like as like an afternoon snack. And um, I went and bought some like uh, just a loaf of like uh, French, um, you know, what do you call it? Baguette kind of thing and cut it into pieces. And Ted's been having it in the afternoons with me. And it's been sick. It's been awesome. He's been loving it. So good times. Been really good. So I actually had a really good weekend. But then today I took the day off because I was feeling a bit crook, but I'm feeling pretty good the Savo. So, you know, it's all good. All good. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much me. So, um, but anyways, let's freaking dive into some house rules as we normally do. Uh, first and foremost, if you'd like to see this live, you know, go to twitch.tv slash oceanic gaming radio. Uh, come and join us 7 p.m. Uh, AWS T on Mondays. And uh, yeah, you can come and join such legends as Sporkland, Blindsided Moose, Hastilla, uh, Limeified Actual, and uh, yeah bunch of other freaking legends who join us regularly so yeah if you want to come and say good day come and say you know so have your say about whatever we're talking about you can do so right there okay uh other than that uh we're live where we're available on just about every bloody pod, podcasting platform imaginable literally everything spotify itunes the whole lot so go forth conquer download the episodes give us a review five stars that'd be great uh other than that just want to say thank you to our listeners. Firstly, uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, maybe tell someone about us. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, and another big thank you to all of our wonderful Patreons, of which one of them is with us right now. Sukai AU, Moosey, Caging Runt, Sergeant Paul, Lee GD, Jay Libs, Brendan, Dan Fantastic, and Strops. You guys are bloody legends. Bloody excellent. All right. Well, let's dive straight into our quest log for the day. Uh, we got a fair bit on the quest log, Sooks, uh, you know, but we're going to start from the start. I think probably the biggest thing on everyone's lips at the moment, Starfield new is hotness. the newest of the hotness and it's, and it's hot. Boy, is it hot. Came out on, well, technically came out on Friday for those that wish to pay the extra monies. Uh, I did. I uh, spent $50 and was allowed to play it early. Thank you, Todd Howard. Uh, but yeah, it's out in the wild. The stars have aligned and uh, Bethesda has released another game not uh, that isn't Skyrim for fucking, I don't know, <laughs> Toaster or whatever the next iteration fridge. is. Yeah, Fridge fridge OS. Uh, so, yeah, well done, Todd. Well done. Good to see you, you crank it out. But um, 
reviews have been kind of lukewarm, uh, I would say at best, really. Uh, not really kind of setting anyone's pants on fire like we did with Baldur's Gate recently. Um, I think the average is kind of sitting around about 87. So, you know, like good, you know, 80, oh, sorry, mm. 88. So, you know, very solid game. Very solid game. Like, you know, anyone would be happy with an 88, I think, on on uh, on Open Critic. Uh, so, you know, doing pretty reasonably well. Um, that's kind of the kind of vibe you've been getting from some of the stuff you've been seeing online, Sirks. Yeah, I, I, I think the the most apt description I've heard of it is it's, it's a Bethesda-ass game. Like, Dude. It's, yeah. it's exactly <laughs> what you expect from Bethesda yeah. is what I've yeah. heard. Yeah, I actually literally wrote that in my notes. <laughs> I was like, "This is it, for better or for worse. This is very much a Bethesda game." <laughs> it's a Bethesda game. <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted a Bethesda game, you were most certainly getting one. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, rev- reviews, as we said, kind of you know lukewarm. Uh, this they're doing okay, but I will say one thing: uh, released with very little bugs, even in my personal experience, really? <laughs> very little bugs. Yeah. I've been really impressed with uh, with Bethesda's ability to produce a video game that doesn't just heave with all kind of oddities being thrown at my screen at any given moment. You know, there's the odd thing, you know, like a ragdoll physics will go a bit funny, but, you know, most games have weird shit like that happen. Um, yeah. Ultimately. So, um, yeah. Have you watched much... Uh, you know, sort of gameplay or anything, Sooks, or just been, no, you've been trying to keep. Yeah, I've I've been I've been staying as blind as possible because I'm yeah. I didn't shell out to get early access. I I re resubscribed to Game Pass to be able to play it through that. So I yeah. I'll be able to start playing on Wednesday. But I've been I've been staying away from any gameplay because I want to go in completely blind. Yeah, and I mean, Game Pass is by far the most economic way to play mm-hmm. this game. Even if you wanted to play it early, it was by far the most economic way to play it as well. Yep. Um, 55 bucks versus, I think it was 170 Australian dollars to play early, which is that sounds about on Steam, right. you know, so out of control. Um, now, before we sort of dive into, I guess, just... You know, I'm gonna. T- I've been playing it, so I'm gonna kind of give you guys a bit of a rundown of my thoughts and feelings about the game. Um, I will be steering clear of spoilers, uh, story-wise, so no fear for that. I'm gonna kind of obscure some of the uh, some of the game systems that maybe are kind of spoilery. So I'll probably give those a bit of a miss. But um, before we do dive into that, just wanted to note there was a story that was floating around about how well. So apparently, what happens with with big games, Sooks, is AMD and NVIDIA tends to pay uh, developers to incorporate either, you know, whether it be FSR or DLSS for NVIDIA um, and FSR for AMD. They'll pay developers to hoist those services as supported within their games uh, to, you know, kind of get people utilizing their cards more often because a lot of these systems that, you know, are graphics-based stuff, they tend to work better with those family of cards or only work with those family of cards. And obviously, you know, those people want to sell cards. So that's what they do. Now, we did see that uh, Starfield has released without DLSS, which a lot of people were just like, whoa, because this is that uh, deep learning super sampling thing that uh, effectively it does some machine learning to give you more frames. 
basically. Uh, and yeah, so it was quite a surprise for Starfield to release without with without it. You know, the, the hottest fucking game on the planet right now, uh, because you know Nvidia's that's Nvidia's flagship kind of you know system at the moment. Uh, and for it not to be supported was quite interesting. Now, AMD have since come out and said, "Hey, you know, we're not stopping, uh, you know, Starfield from from putting from from uh, supporting DLSS." By the way, uh, but uh, you know, we have kind of um, asked them to prioritize, you know, FSR, which is apparently what happens. Money changes hands, uh, and they say, "Hey, would you be willing to prioritize this?" So it looks like. Uh, I think probably what happened personally is there is probably some degree of integration for these systems into the game and getting them working well with the game. Uh, so they probably just ran out of time and went, well, we got paid to do this. So put that in and we just will put that other one in eventually, we'll, maybe. We'll figure it out down the line. Yeah, if at all, I guess, because... Uh, yeah. You know, I think that's probably a, um, you know, someone's going to mod this in for sure, right? Uh, oh, they'd have to. Yeah. Like, they would that's have such to. A, it's a Bethesda game. So, yeah. you know, these games tend to get very well supported by uh, modding communities and whatnot. So uh, I can imagine that would be the case. But yeah, I don't know. How, how do you feel about lack of DLSS, Sukai? I mean, are you a big user of, of, the, <clears throat> of the machine AI generated frames? I in some games I do, I use it yeah. in some games where my PC can handle it because like, yeah. like my my PC is a little bit outdated at this point. It's it's probably about four or five years old at this point. So yeah, some games it can handle the DLSS and in, and in some cases that actually helps helps my performance for it. Yeah, um, but then in other cases I'm like I turn it off immediately because I'm like the, the, my my it sounds like a jet engine. It sounds like it's yeah. about to take off. So, yep. uh, I think for me, I judging by what I know about where games are going, I feel like this isn't going to be a big deal for me because I'm probably not going to have it turned on in Starfield at all. Because yep. I, I, I imagine my PC is probably not going to be able to handle that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we're at this weird sort of kind of uh, I don't know uh, this mixing point between cards that are supporting quite well. Um, these AI generated, um, you know, uh, frame systems um, and cards that are probably a couple of, um, you know, a couple of families back that don't really support it well or don't have the specs to support it. It's, it's, it's this kind of like middle ground between some of the newer cards of lower specs, you know, your 30, 50s and 40, 50s and stuff like that do support these things. But then, yeah. uh, you know, older cards that maybe, you know, are in line with with the specs of those cards, despite being maybe like a, you know, a 2080 or something like that, uh, they don't quite work very well with yeah. those yet, um, if at all, probably won't get supported because, you know, they want to sell new cards, obviously. So, um, but it's, it's an interesting moment in time and maybe now's a good time to chat about the fact that we've got fsr3 coming out whilst we're on the topic mm. but um fsr3 recently got kind of uh unveiled by amd amd's uh i guess answer to dlss <laughs> um it is a uh super sampling technology uh which basically ensures that 
you know, you get your all your images nice and upscaled from a low resolution. It makes things look really nice without, uh, you know, having to have a really high resolution texture sitting there and um, taking up bandwidth and all that kind of shit. So, anyways, uh, FSR3 is particularly interesting. I don't know if you had a look at the stats for this, Sooks, but uh, the cool thing about this is it will essentially render in between the frames that you're generating with your components it will render mm-hmm. frames in between those frames uh, that are estimate, estimated uh, to be you know what you're what you would see in between those frames without having to actually generate the frames um, from the hardware kind of thing right okay probably so it's just kind of guessing cool. what would fill in those gaps literally guessing so um you know it uses like vectors and um other graphics shit to estimate what's happening and will output frames in between those keyframes which are the ones that take up all the all the you know the the resources to generate uh and spit out a much more fluid kind of higher frame rate um thing so it's yeah it's kind of like ghosting frames in between your frames which is kind of an interesting way to I don't know, like kind of explain it, but it's amazing some of the performance that you're going to get out of this stuff. So uh, now the first thing <laughs> before we dive into the the uh, the actual stats of it all, uh, they used a few interesting flagship games uh, to uh, sell this to people, uh, one being Forspoken, everyone's favorite Square Enix title. Uh, there's, uh, you know, a uh, FSR3 supported game. Uh, also, uh, Immortals of Avium uh, as well, which was that the one that we had in the spreadsheet, um, Sooks, about? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we've got it in the, uh, in the rapid <laughs> yeah. fire. Yeah, I mean, we might just talk about that really quickly now. Uh, Immortals of Avium, you know, that really popular game that peaked at 751 players on Steam five days after release. So, you know, big games are using... Uh, the old FSR3. Uh, Regardless of that, anyways, it is really cool technology, Um, especially the fact that, uh, well, according to this, so uh, AMD FSR3 native AA mode for maximum fidelity uh, used in Forspoken on ultra high settings, uh, generating 53 FPS without anything on with this native mode on 85 FPS. So you're almost doubling your FPS. A um, little bit further in, uh, <clears throat> there's also so that's running on that's running on maximum fidelity mode. So on performance mode, those 53 FPS, if you run on performance mode with FSR, suddenly you're going to be running at 175 FPS, which is nutty. That's a lot of frames, like three times wow. the amount of frames over. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting stuff. But um, I don't know if you've looked too much into it, Sukai. But the issue that they're having with this technology is because there's these ghost frames. It can generate like a lag effect, yeah, um, which makes sense. Obviously, there's going to be some kind yeah. of input issue. Uh, and following up with that, they have since seemed to be working towards fixing that in FSR three. So they're going to have like this anti-lag mode. Uh, but again, like we talked about before going to work better with certain cards so your your newer series of amd uh kind of you know cards so um yeah but it looks really freaking cool they've also got this um this native aa mode which is like a oh, how did they how did they uh, describe it um, um where's my note here hang on oh, so they said, uh, 
They said native AA stands for native anti-aliasing and is a new quality mode being introduced. Unlike other modes, it lets you use FSR3 without applying any upscaling, but still yeah. applies high quality anti-aliasing and sharpening of FSR. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of nuts because I think upscaling kind of sucks because you're running at a low resolution and you're kind of upscaling that to a higher resolution and then you're applying all your bits and pieces. But this enables you to run it at the higher resolution or whatever uh, and then apply the anti-aliasing straight in there with all the bells and whistles to it. So it's a pretty sexy kind of new technology. So um, being able to do that without the actual base FSR3 is kind of huge. Especially when you know a lot of AA like any aliasing technologies uh, are quite you know they're quite resource intensive, especially as you go through yeah. your different like TNAAs and SNAAs or whatever the hell they are. <laughs> so, it's too many letters. Yeah, exactly. It's too hard. Uh, but this looks really freaking cool. So um, you know, just a quick sort of side quest before we dive into uh, you know Starfield. But FSR three is looking pretty nutty. So. Keep your mm. eyes on that. But I imagine NVIDIA will probably come out with something soon, wouldn't you think, Sukai? They'd have to. They, they wouldn't be able to just let AMD go along yeah. with that and then not have a response. They'll have to have something coming soon. Yeah, I'd imagine so. It is interesting, though, because we are kind of in this moment in time where, you know, graphics cards are obscenely expensive. So mm. it does make me wonder whether... Uh, technologies like this will enable maybe some lower spec cards to hit the market at better price points, but also be really performant as well. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, I don't think we're quite there yet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a big. I don't have any idea about the AMD series of cards. In all honesty, I was reading like um, you know some of the stuff in here, and you know it's the AMD Radeon RX seven nine hundred XTX, and I was like. What is that? Is that a thirty eighty? Is that a forty eighty? What is that? So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quite so sure. I can't orientate I myself. I think. I think the seven thousand series is this is like the same generation as like the the forty series Nvidia cards. I think. Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm not too sure what the XTX is. I'm sure there's probably certain you know. You know, di different tiers, etc., that are yeah. existing. It's probably the there. same as as when Nvidia just sticks RTX on the end of their cards. It's yeah, probably a yeah. similar kind or of thing. Or TI or whatever it is, yeah. like you know the TI cards. Um, so yeah, but anyways, keep an eye on the FSR stuff, especially for an AMD gamer, because you're going to be eating good. Um, probably, I, I wouldn't buy for spoken to be testing this out, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> not too fucking good. So. Uh, and yeah, quite a. It's a. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's just wild that that's the game they picked. Well, of all the games they could possibly pick, right? Like, I don't know. I would have thought maybe you'd you'd. I mean, get this into Starfield ASAP and have that as your yeah. flagship game. You know, it does seem like uh, some of the newer uh, cards are going to be releasing with Starfield anyway as part of their deal. So, kind of yeah. rad. So. Yeah, there you go. But um, look, let's 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 dovetail back into into uh, into Starfield. So I've played it. Um, I've put probably about oh, I reckon maybe <clears throat> maybe pushing eighteen ish hours with it. Um, and yeah, it like like we said, it is a it's a fucking Bethesda game. Very much a Bethesda game. Uh, I've got pros and i've got cons and i think i've probably got more cons than pros uh i think 
it is very difficult playing this game so close to the release of Baldur's Gate 3 because the quality of that game is immense and playing a Bethesda game beside that uh, is pretty rough uh, in a lot of ways. I think another issue I'm having with it at the moment is, you know, the Bethesda approach to making video games and the formula that they use, it's a, it's a known quantity and like you know when you're playing a Bethesda RPG. Like it has that feel, the way you interact with with um, NPCs, the way combat happens, uh, the way the game's just naturally structured, even the graphics, you know, they've been using the same creation engine ga- uh, for, for freaking ages, you know, albeit being iterated, iteratively iterated on over time, but it feels like a Bethesda game, right? Now, I feel like the last really big RPG we had from Bethesda was Skyrim pretty much, right? So um, unless I'm missing anything, Suggs, can you think of anything? Uh, when was, when was Fallout 4? That was after Sorry, Skyrim. Sorry, Fallout yeah. 4. Duh. <laughs> How did I miss that? Well, that was in between Skyrim and, and Starfield. So, I mean, but that would have been, a f- what, five or six years ago now? Fallout 4 was eight years ago, 2015. Eight years ago? Holy shit, yes. man. That's crazy. Well, regardless, you know, you, you know what you're getting, you know? So, but, but since we've had all that, we've also had, you know, The Witcher 3, for example, um, you know, high quality RPGs that I think have broken the mold that I think Bethesda did set early on uh, with Morrowind and Oblivion and all that kind of shit. And so Starfield hasn't really broken from that mold a lot. And I'm feeling a lot of friction with this game because of that. So uh, look, I'm going to, I'm going to break this down firstly into the pros for me. So I do overall really like the aesthetic that they're presenting. Like it's kind of got that alien as in the movie series, alien um, like CRT kind of lo-fi tech kind of thing going on, but maybe accelerated a little bit, you know, technology wise. So I do really like that aesthetic. Uh, and all the all the all the cities that you encounter, they are very well themed. You know, you've got like your cyberpunk town, and you've got your, you know, your fucking wild wild west town, and everything else. So you have some some interesting towns that you're visiting, and they've got their own aesthetics. Um, and I guess overall, like the space flight has been implemented pretty well, and the whole idea of you moving between planets and jumping to different star systems to do stuff, that aesthetic and that feel feels pretty good. Um, I think uh, some some standout stuff for me. One thing I love about this game is the way it sort of approaches leveling. So um, actually, it's kind of a love and a hate. I do miss having your standard stats because you don't have them those anymore. Uh, but we've got traits now, and sorry, not traits, skills, um, and they're kind of like patches that you're chucking on your on your on your person, and. The way that you you, you you level up and you get a, a skill point, you can chuck into a skill. Uh, and if you want to chuck more uh, points into that skill, you have to use that skill to and, and do certain things. So it might be, you know, using your jetpack or something to get more points in your jetpack. Um, and I really like that idea because it kind of promotes you to utilize the skills you have and reminds you of the fact that you have those skills, which I think is great. Um, another really cool aspect of this game is the the shipbuilder. The shipbuilder is freaking awesome. I had great fun in there chucking shit together, albeit not an awful lot of time spent making anything particularly nice. I just really liked the way that they mixed 
you know, approaching uh, your ship's weight and um, engines and stow capacity and this fine balance you're trying to reach between not making the ship too big or too heavy or um, too much of this or too much of that, <clears throat> trying to find this nice balance. Um, so that's really cool as well. The voice acting is really, really good as well. Can't fault that. Um, you know, uh, I'll probably say probably some of the best voice acting they've probably had in a while. Um, you know, some some voice acting they've had in previous games have been a little bit rough around the edges here and there. But, you know, it's Bethesda, so you kind of give them a, a, a bit of a free card. Um, another thing I really liked about this game, uh, the lockpicking system is really cool. Um, bit simple, yeah. um, but they've got this cool little mini game that you've got. Uh, and I think the only thing that kind of sucks about it is there's, I felt like, you know, in Oblivion and Morrowind, you kind of were trying to move the thing around and wiggle the stuff. And then with Skyrim, you're kind of doing the same thing. And there was a little bit of, um, skill involved with that. With this one, it's kind of just like a puzzle and the puzzles answer is pretty easy to figure out, uh, once you realize how it operates. Um, and so you're probably always going to get it every single time which you know of course you kind of want to get there but um yeah anyway so those are kind of the things i really like about this game i think one other thing is just the the game feels like i'm even though i'm, I'm i think i'm level 16 or something like that and i don't feel exceptionally powerful yet um despite having put a lot of points into things so i kind of do like that feeling because I don't feel like I've hit this sudden power spike and I'm just brute forcing through everything. I do feel, excuse me, I'm, I've still got a bit of a cough myself, but um, I still, still kind of feel like I have to make my way through things, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, be conscious of my resources and stuff like that, yeah. which I, I quite like. And, and that kind of melds into, the actual game itself with, uh, you know, certain environments having certain, elements that you're dealing with, whether it's a corrosive based planet or whatever else. So you kind of got to manage all those bits and pieces and that feels pretty good. So you feel like <laughs> the, the way the game's kind of scaling, it, it, it does all right with in that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think, <sighs> I feel like previous games, you know, you kind of would figure out the, the, I don't know. You, you just kind of figure it out. You know what I mean? And you kind of hit that point where nothing really phased you in the game and <clears throat> you'd kind of hit your power spike fairly early. And once you had like pretty much every encounter could be cheesed or, you know, whatever, whatever else. I think there's still a little bit of cheese happening in this game, but especially for <laughs> the way I'm playing, but, but for the most part, it does feel like the power scaling's fairly good. So, um, right. and you know, I'm coming kind of experiencing, enemies above my level as well which um you know is cool regardless of the level as well sometimes they don't they might be like 10 levels above you but you, you still have a reasonable chance of fighting them <clears throat> because of the way the health and stuff works and and the guns and whatnot so um yeah it does feel good um but what I've got a lot of friction with this game uh, and I just, a lot of it I think is just Bethesda's formula is really fucking dated. Yeah. Um, like super fucking dated kind of thing for a long time. Big time, <clears throat> big time. And they haven't, they haven't deviated in a very long time. And, it, and it's really starting to show the edges are, uh, I don't know. They're just, I'm, I'm seeing them all and <clears throat> I'm, I'm comparing it to, 
you know, probably unfairly, but other games that have come out since, again, we've got our Witcher 3s and our Baldur's Gate 3s. <clears throat> but even a game like No Man's Sky that is using a lot of similar systems to what's going on in 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 Starfield, you know, like collecting resources, scanning planets, scanning things on the planet. <clears throat> a lot of those things are really closely shared, but No Man's Sky does it so much better in a lot of ways, just making it feel less cumbersome, uh, making it feel a little bit more, uh, what's the word? Uh, probably just honestly alien. Um, yeah. Just a little bit more alien and, and interesting and space-like. I mean, Starfield does feel space-like, but a lot of the time you're landing on these planets that are just really fucking barren. Um, it's like super barren. And and even the planets that have foliage and stuff like that, I feel like I'm just kind of walking from like these very long distances between like uh, points of interest on these planets and just picking up random shit as I go that are these resources. And they are purely resources, you know. The planets are kind of structured with, you know, they they dot a few major landmarks across the the landscape, and then they've got all this resourcing in between all those major points. And so you're kind of going through this game loop of walking from these these major points and using your laser cutter to get resources along the way, but... It just does. It just feels very. What's the best word for it? Uh, there's not an awful lot of personality involved with with it. A lot of the time, it it just feels kind of um, cardboardy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, vanilla. Yeah, super vanilla. Uh, and and some of those places that you're finding, especially if they're not related to a main plot uh, quest plot. They're they're exceptionally boring. Um, I found a cave in it with a single enemy and nothing else. And I was just like, what the fuck is, why did I come here? Like, this is a complete waste of my time. Um, and maybe I'm seeing a small scope of what's available, but I feel like I've had enough time with the game now to maybe have run into some interesting stuff, but I'm just not finding an awful lot of it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. The There just seems to be this big disconnection between the exploration and I guess the the wonder of the game. Um, which yeah. feels really sad. You don't feel, I don't feel very well rewarded for my exploration in a space exploration game, which I think is kind of, kind of garbage. Um, now, the other issue is, you know, uh, it's all kind of tied together with a lot of loading screens, like a shitload. Oh. You know, you're going into a new place, loading screen, come back out, loading screen. Uh, you're going into the atmosphere, loading screen. Okay, now you want to kind of you want to get out of the the star system you're in. Another loading screen. All right, cool. Now you want to go onto that planet, loading screen. <clears throat> there is so many loading screens in this game. It's fucked. Um, and I again, I think this comes back to this aging uh, Bethesda uh, creation engine that they just couldn't get a seamless experience. So. I don't know. It's just, it's a little bit, uh, it's, it's just sluggish and cumbersome with, with this, yeah. all, all these, all these loading seeds. It's just brutal. Uh, and it doesn't feel very good. You know, when you're trying to, you want to, you, you want to feel like a cool space pilot going in between these things, but then you're like taken out into this, you know, cut scene of you flying into a wormhole and then load into the next area. And yeah. I can only imagine what that's going to feel like on a console, to be honest, because the loading, 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 um, loading, uh, screen's going to be fucking, 
super long. Um, yeah, in a game so, like Starfield, where it feels like what you what you really want to you you want to be immersed into that, and nothing breaks your immersion like a loading screen every five minutes. Yeah, and Slatos in in chat is saying you, you get some tips in in the loading screens, which you do, which you know is helpful. But you're going to hit a certain point along the way where <laughs> you know I don't need those tips anymore, and I'm kind of already hit that point anyway. So. I don't know. Is what it is, but the loading screen is really not really doing it for me. Now, the other issue I have is there's an awful lot of UI going on between um, you know all your um, you know your inventory and uh, your skills and stuff, and I just don't really quite like the way they've set up the UI. Um, it feels yeah. like it's missing something. Like it, it feels like it's missing like a character sheet or something else. Um, it's got a skills and traits um, section, but it just feels like I'm missing my little thing, you know, there. And the way that you move between those different screens feels a bit weird. Uh, <clears throat> probably sort of coattailing off that. Um, the PC uh, uh, keybinds, they're serviceable, but there's a lot of shit going on all at once when you're going between these different kind of areas of the game and you're kind of coming out into your ship <clears throat> using a complete different set of controls going back down onto land again fairly different <laughs> set of controls going into these all these different ui elements um, and menus different controls it feels like i need a fucking quantum brain to navigate between all this shit <laughs> um so i don't know that's that's not really doing me an awful lot of um you know service at the moment either but i think for me probably one of the, the bigger sore thumbs and it was one thing that i was worried about when i first saw the trailers for Starfield was the combat is very stiff, yeah. very stiff, um, incredibly repetitive, uh, very little variation uh, in the approach. Uh, and I found that the AI is just, it is thick as a brick. Like it is so bad. Um, so, so, so cheesy. <clears throat> um, and yeah, it just makes every combat I'm having feel very cheap and kind of boring and, the other issue is everything feels like a bullet sponge, um, which oh. is not much fun. Um, I'm really not enjoying that part of it either. Um, yeah, that's that's so, a big turnoff for me for a lot of games lately. If, <sighs> if 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 everything feels too bullet spongy, it's like, have you done that? Is there a good reason for that, or are you yeah. just trying to pad out game time by making me take thirty seconds to kill a single enemy. Yeah. And it's my least favorite dev thing to do uh, of just putting the numbers up. You know, it yeah. I'd rather more mechanics and um, you know, utilizing those mechanics, but I don't know, the 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 enemies just don't feel uh, even just generally immersive. I don't know. They they the behaviors are very similar across the board like <clears throat> all of your human enemies will kind of just stick to cover and duck out every two seconds and continue doing that all of your beast like alien enemies they'll just run at you just constantly and you just jetpack around them and and let them do that and that's basically the two main archetypes that i'm dealing with when it comes to combat and it's just it's it's kind of yeah it's 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 a bit of a shame um and uh, I am kind of avoiding, avoiding some of the major systems, but <clears throat> you know the major systems that you do unlock, they don't really make it much better. Um, so yeah, the the it just it just feels very bloated and 
um, yeah, just I just feel disinterested in the combat generally, which is kind of upsetting because I've always quite enjoyed, you know, Bethesda-style combat. And I would actually go as far to say I actually kind of thought Fallout 4's combat was slightly better, you know. <clears throat> so a oh, bit of okay. a shame That's a when it comes cold, to on-ground on combat. I think a lot of people didn't like Fallout 4's combat. I agree. So that's I didn't really cold. like it either. Yeah. This, a lot of it just feels very bullet spongy. And I think that's probably the worst part for me. Um, and then there's also ship combat. And the ship combat, uh, one thing I really like is that they've done this thing with the ship systems where you're trying to put energy in certain parts of your ship to maximize and minimize what's kind of happening. Like, oh, I'm going to put all my points into my shield at the moment because I'm copying a beating and oh, I'll pump it all into lasers to improve the lasers. Thing is, that doesn't work very well when you're in, in combat because the last thing you want to be doing is changing your energy around because I'm having to press alt and then move with the WASD keys and move shit up and down and... That's the last thing I want to be doing whilst I'm trying to avoid being hit by laser beams. So it kind yeah. of sucks that that's kind of difficult. Maybe it feels better on controller. I don't know. Um, but the other issue is the the ship combat kind of just devolves into you doing strafing runs over and over again. It, and it, it just kind of, it's very repetitive. Um, and so ultimately, like all points of co combat so far in the game for me are just insanely repetitive and yeah just not particularly inviting uh, which which is which is a real shame and maybe that will get better as i get more skills and stuff but i'm just not really feeling it so far um but yeah ultimately that's kind of a shame and i think probably for me probably the worst thing overall is the story and how it just drops you into this world uh, and it does a really poor job of doing so. Like all of a sudden I'm running through this. <clears throat> um, I don't know. They, they don't, there's no nuance to how they introduce you to what's kind of happening at large. It just feels incredibly rushed and um, just kind of haphazard um, and which I, I kind of, I know that that's probably one way to kind of bring people on board for, your 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 story and and get people across things really quickly and dropped into the action but in this case it kind of just feels really kind of there's a lot of friction there for me at least and I, I was kind of like god this just feels so weird that people are talking about these things that I feel like I shouldn't know yet or you know like just things that they're alluding to that I'm just like okay like <laughs> what <laughs> so yeah um yeah it the for me the the main storyline has, has been pretty average at best so and I'm, I'm another thing I'm finding is just interactions with the NPCs are just underwhelming <clears throat> a lot of the time I don't care about any NPC I've met you know I really couldn't care less about any of them um and again, not to compare to Baldur's Gate, but every single companion I have in Baldur's Gate, I love. I, I, I want to keep them alive and I want to go on adventures with them. But there's probably one or two NPCs in Starfield that I've gone, okay, you're, you're okay. And I, I, you're, you can come on my crew, yes. Um, but that's as far as you can go. Yeah. <clears throat> so the companion system's kind of a bit boring. But, but yeah, it kind of probably feels like I've shat on the game an awful lot. But... The game is just okay. It's a decent game. Um, it's not outstanding in its field, I don't feel like. Um, I feel it's like it's a bit dated, but I do like the way it's done the space thing. Um, but yeah, it's just for me personally, I'm 
<clears throat> I'm probably going to knock out the main storyline and I'll see how I'm feeling about playing more. So yeah. that's Capo's hot um, take. I think uh, what's, what um, I've, I've seen a lot of people say is that the, the game, the whole story makes sense once you've finished the game. And yeah. to me, Yikes. that's a bit, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, no. I don't want to have to have put in all the time to play the story from start to finish before it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I don't mind if it doesn't make sense till the end, but like dangle a reasonable carrot in front of me to do that yeah. because again, playing the main storyline, um, there's a really weird break in the story, in the main story where I'm having to do these particular things and there's very little kind of plot development in that kind of space. Um, and within that, I just don't feel compelled to be doing any of this because I kind of feel like I'm just ticking boxes to do things and, and it kind of devolves into that kind of, you know, open world, um, you know, checklist ticking Ubisoft style shit that just kind of gets a bit old and, and, in, and long in the tooth. So again, I don't mind if, you know, all everything unravels at the very end and that's the big conspiracy unravel. That's great. But the, the issue is that the conspiracy isn't very well developed in between things. I, I will say I had one exceptionally fun mission where I was helping like a CEO do something and I don't want to go too deep into it, but people that have played the game, <clears throat> they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and that was a fun mission. But other than that, a lot of the missions have been, you know, go here, do this thing quickly and then um, get out of there and do another thing somewhere else. And again, this is all tied between these fucking huge load loading scenes like every five seconds and it's just yeah yeah i don't know man it's um it's i think a bit rough yeah it's really rough and i hope that you know obviously you know the for me i'm just thinking jesus what's elden what's the, sorry elden elden scrolls gonna be like you know are yeah. we gonna have the same issue like that they need to be using a new engine for that game so i yeah. don't know I think we recently got some news saying that it had just come out out of pre-production. So yeah, presumably like they've just started development. development. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Which is crazy to me, but anyway. Um, so yeah, kind of my my overall on Starfield, you know, fairly early on in the experience, albeit, but, you know, I think 18 hours is a fairly reasonable amount of time to, you know, come to terms with all the systems. You know, I, I have given it pretty much every bit of system in that game ago as far as i'm aware apart from a lot of the side quests and stuff mm-hmm. i think i'm thinking probably a 6.5 to 7 out of yep. 10 that's i think that's that's pretty on par with with most of the reviews i've seen yeah like the game the game is you know it's it's well put together um everything's there it's just I, I want more from it. I feel a little bit underwhelmed with what I've been given. Um, and I think proximally, again, again, I know I keep saying it, but but being so closely released to Baldur's Gate 3 is just a killer. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, Bethesda were wishing that uh, that Larian Studios stuck to their original release date because, yeah, it's a bit brutal. It's, but, it's uh, definitely yeah. hurt them having their oh. game compared to Baldur's Gate 3. 
oh, every two seconds. And uh, But hey, I mean, this is the reality of video games, right? You play a game that you like, of course you're going to uh, compare it to it. And yeah, it's just a shame that it came out around this about the same time. And I think I think on its, on its own, Starfield would probably be received a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> though I do wonder how well I would interface with Starfield regardless. Just uh, again, I do really feel like the Bethesda RPG has aged an awful lot. Yeah. But yeah, it's um it's a real shame. So I don't know. For me, I'm probably like I said, gonna smash out the main quest, see how I'm vibing. Is there any interesting side quests I might give a crack? I don't know. We'll see. Watch this space. And I'll be interested to see what you have to say once you give it a bit of a crack, Sooks. Yeah. I've uh, I've heard there's a there's a, a very good side quest that you can only access if you get arrested. So ah. go and commit a crime and you might get a good side quest. Okay. I'll go and do that. I wonder if it's bound to a particular city or something like that. Not too sure. All, all I've yeah. heard is that it's like there's 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 some really really good quest that you only get if you if you get arrested. So yeah, okay, yeah. There's some interesting things that they've done. Like for example, one of the because when you make a character, you can you can assign certain traits. Yeah. Um, and those traits are positive and negative. So for example, uh, you can. Um, for example, uh, have your parents in the game. Not that they are actually your parents, but there is people that are your parents you know, of your character in the game. But all of your money, 2% has to go, uh, that you acquire goes to your parents. <laughs> so you can go and see your parents and say good day to them. But then there's, you know, 2% of your income goes to your parents. So it's interesting little kind of things like that. There's a lot of other really cool traits. Again, I don't want to get into too much spoiler t- territory for those that uh, haven't interfaced with the game properly yet. But uh, yeah, interesting. Regardless, mate. So yeah, that's kind of my my hot take on on Starfield. Uh, I'll be interested to see what other people have to say. I mean, um, if you're interested to let us know your thoughts uh, on Starfield uh, and have a bit of a chat in our Discord, you can do so. Just go to ogr.show and uh, look for the Discord link. Drop in and say good day. Uh, but yeah, so is what it is, mate. <clears throat> but. Another game that came out recently, Sukai, that I know you had a good time with so far, mm. Sea of Stars. Um, do you want to give me a bit of a rundown of, well, I guess let's give us a bit of a rundown of what it is. I mean, we've spoke about it on the podcast before, but maybe, you know, just the overview. So I think the best way of describing Sea of Stars is it is that it's a, a bit of a love letter to games like Chrono Trigger um, and the RPGs from that kind of era, the the sort of, the the pixel art and that sort of stuff um i'm about five hours through the playthrough and this the i i cannot sing high enough praises of this game it just oozes charm and character and just it it you it it, you want to keep playing it because it's the characters the characters matter that you 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 feel an attachment to the characters but the the one thing that's really got me is that it's not just a basic turn-based RPG. There's there's little mechanics with your abilities and your attacks. So so you'll you'll still jump in to to a to a, a kind of Final Fantasy Chrono Trigger style turn-based battle. But uh when you attack, you've got the opportunity to it's like a little mini quick time event basically where if you hit if you hit A at the exact same time as your character attacks it'll actually attack twice um and there's and the, the all of the abilities have got little interactions one of the characters has got a 
kind of a boomerang kind of thing that will bounce between the character and all of the enemy targets. And if you time it right, uh, just pressing A every time the boomerang gets back to your character, you could just chain it infinitely. Yeah. If you're, you're having one of those little little time Phantom Ganondorf moments from Ocarina yeah. of Time. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm about five hours into my playthrough. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this game. It is, yeah. it is an absolute, it's a, a beautifully crafted homage to Chrono Trigger. Absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, stand out for me, the the pixel graphics are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very, they're just gorgeous, honestly. And the way that they do the soft lighting as well, mixed in yep. between that pixel art style, it's um, it's exceptionally well put together. Um, the storytelling I'm finding is really, really good. Um, you know, it really does good. have its, its kind of anime cringe here and there, I find. Um, but, you know, it works well. Um, and I think, like you said, the way that the characters develop over the adventure, I'm probably, uh, I reckon I've, 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 I've met the pirates. Have you done that? Yes. Yeah. I've met have the you, I actually really like the pirates. Yeah, I do I too. I really like them. Yeah. Um, have you done much with them yet? So I've, I've gotten past, we, we've done the, I don't know. I don't know how much I want to say. It might be spoilery, but we've we've done the initial quest for the pirates, and we've yeah. now taken their 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 boat across yeah. to the the other island. Yeah. So. so I'm just about to do that. Yeah. Um, the 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 first quest with the pirates was actually part of the the demo. So yes, I'd argue it's already been out there. So yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, so I'm even finding <clears throat> just the way. I think one thing to note is. Uh, I would say the magic system is not as in-depth as Chrono Trigger, um, which I think personally for me hinders the game a little bit. I would like maybe a little bit more complexity and um, depth to the magic system, but it's just not quite there. Maybe that opens up later in the game. I'm not too sure. Um, But I am still having a lot of fun with that, like you said, the quick time event kind of thing going on. It's got that Mario RPG feel where you're kind of bouncing on Goombas and trying to, you know, hit at the right time to get the extra hits in. And I think the cool thing about it is, you know, all your different moves, they have slightly different times when you want to, you know, hit that quick time event. Yeah. It's not scripted or anything. You can't. You don't know when the, is the right time to do it. Yeah, it's you just, just have like kind of like keys, animation yeah. keys that might be the time to do it. So you're kind of learning, figuring out when to do it. Yeah. Um. Even when you're healing people, like uh, the yes. heals have a a a quick time thing to you know maximize your heals and stuff, which yeah is really rad. Um. I think one thing I really like about the combat is the whole locking system as well, Sooks. So, yeah. you know, certain enemies will have, you know, three turns where they're charging up an ability and then they have a certain kind of number of uh, damage types or something above their head that you need to perform to them to stop them from doing that move. And often yeah. it is well in your, <laughs> in your what do you call it, uh, you definitely want to do that a lot of the times because yes. the amount of damage that comes out of some of these abilities is horrific. <laughs> So at the very least, you want to at least break some of them because if you break some of them, it reduces the power of that that ability that does get used. So exactly. even if you don't break it entirely, you can at least make it not hit quite as hard. 
Yeah, and fifty percent of some of those spells is is way more um, serviceable mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of yeah. you know uh, emergency heals uh, afterwards. But uh, but yeah, I think they've just done a really exceptional job. I mean, it seems to be trending higher than even Octopath Traveler Two, uh, which you know yeah. uh, the the Godfathers of of. Uh, of the RPG, the JRPG, uh, Square Enix, uh, you know, they're kind of giving them a bit of a run for their money at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to sinking my teeth into Sea of Stars further. Um, I've just been kind of using it on the Steam Deck in bed at night, and it's been just a you know a real pleasure to play. Um, I, I really like a lot of the bosses I've come across as well. Um, yeah, you know, they tend to have like a really uh, you know, so far, uh, fun, uh, explorable kind of combat puzzle all of the time. Like, you know, it might be, you know, you want to do physical damage when they're doing this and then magic damage when they're doing that. Or, you know, you're trying to hit those locks and then do certain damage to certain, you know, parts of the boss or whatever. It's really fun. Really, really well put together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just really enjoying it overall. Um, I think the story is actually pretty good as well. Uh, you know, what yeah. you're kind of, working towards so far a bit of intrigue um you know you don't really know what quite what's going on but uh you're, you're moving towards a certain uh goal and then there's like factions that seem to be kind of wanting you to do other things and yes it's it's really good really well put together so yeah um keep an eye on uh keep an eye on uh the old uh, ogr uh here because uh i think gris is also gonna be playing it too so you know yeah Old school gamers love a bit of Chrono Trigger, so banger, absolute banger, and it seems to be selling really well. Um, so mm-hmm. CS Stars yeah. came out on uh, PlayStation. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call that service these days? So it's Plus. Uh, PlayStation still called Plus. Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still called Plus, but they have the different tiers of it. And- yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus Ultimate and Plus Plus Plus. But anyways, so it came out on Plus and Xbox Game Pass day one, which is unprecedented. I don't think there's ever been a game that's come out on both services yeah. at the same time. I think it's the very first to have, to have come out day and date, which is nuts. So I can only imagine how much money they would have made off of that particular deal. But it sold over, it sold over 100,000 copies on day one, which yeah. given that this game is on two free services, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So That's huge. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. So um, definitely making their money um, and I'd assume probably starting to work on Sea of Stars 2 as we speak, I would imagine. Um, I'll definitely be uh, keeping my eye out for more stuff from Sabotage. Oh, absolutely. Are you aware of other games that they've created um, in the past? Because um, um, I I hadn't heard of, I think I might have seen their logo. It's kind of got like a, like a pirate. Pirate kind of thing, vibe. monkey thing going on. I think I've seen it before, but I couldn't really quite remember what. Ah, uh, I if think anything. They made the messenger. I think. Ah, that's right. Yes, yes, they did. They did. They made the messenger. Yeah, yeah. Which is a which was also exceptional a game. game. Oh yeah. Um, kind of. Well, it's a a ninja tail sitting a sort of. Uh, I guess it's kind of like a what would you call it? Like a 16 bit, uh, you know, side scrolling kind of, you know, kind of got like a a Ninja Gaiden kind of thing going on, I guess. Um, Early, early, early Ninja Gaiden stuff going on. But uh, yeah. So what Jim's saying in, in chat is that uh, CS stars is a sort of prequel to the messenger, which is 
kind of nuts because I can't even imagine the two worlds combining, but I'm interested and I'm going to find out more once I've finished this, uh, how the hell that all ties into one another, which is rad, super rad. So, Very cool. Yeah, big fan of that. Now, you're a big fan of Red Faction or Saints Row, Sukai? Oh, backwards Saints Row was good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And boy, how, my how the mighty have fallen. And they've yeah. fallen quite far, my friend. So far, in fact, that uh, it looks like Volition, the developers of said games, are uh, disintegrating as we speak. They have since closed shop. Uh, and uh, I, unfortunately, a uh, number of jobs have been lost in the process. Um, it looks like the reboot of Saints Row did not go particularly well. Uh, I think Embracer Group basically funded the majority of that title, yep. and uh, the poor reception of Saints Row basically made Embracer Group, uh, <laughs> you know, in in implement some stricter funding policies uh, around video games uh, where they quoted, we have therefore increased management focus and efforts to optimize investments and efficiency across the group even further. Um, So yeah, that's the kind of like effect uh, this, you know, the Saints Row had on, uh, (laughs) on, on their parent company. Uh, But yeah, since, uh, you know, the game wasn't particularly well received, it got pretty poor um, critic acclaim and, I don't think it sold particularly well either. We don't have exact numbers, but apparently it cost over $100 million to make uh, make the game and and presumably probably didn't make that money back. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of really bad bugs and I think people just thought the game was overall a bit crap. But um, ultimately, Volition will be no more and we probably won't be getting any more Saints Row, I'd probably say ever again, unless someone picks the IP up. But... Bit rough. Well, I mean, Embracer would still own own the IP, wouldn't they? So they would, um, but would they want to take another chance on another Saints Row reboot? That's I don't thing. know. They'd probably have to go back to the original kind of game. I think maybe we might get some remasters or remakes, uh, and I'd say that's probably about as far as they'll ever go with that. But I would like to see maybe a reboot of Red Faction. I think that could be a really rad. You know, kind of um, avenue because the original Red Faction was so dope. Uh, you know, I remember yeah. burrowing through you know tunnels and stuff in that, and just thinking, "Holy shit, I can't believe I'm doing this in a video game." I think was it PS One oh, some shit for Red Faction. Ah, uh, yeah, I think the first one was PS One. Yeah, from memory. Let's Google that real quick. Yeah, let's do a little bit of a Google, eh? But, uh, you know, the whole mechanic of burrowing through the wall, I remember playing with my mate and um, we were just in awe of the fact that we'd, we'd, we'd hit it. This is this is as good as video games we're ever going to get, you know? PS2. PS2, yeah. But, yeah, regardless, excellent game. Um, but, yeah, I, I could definitely see a, a reasonable reboot of, of that bad boy. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, um I, yeah. I do wonder how much the the uh, the loss of that deal that Embracer had with the with the Savi Group. I wonder how much mm. that had an effect on on Volition's closure. Yeah, it's interesting though. I it seemed incredibly unceremonial uh, mm. the way that they dissolved, uh, and it makes you wonder like. It was that purely because uh, I would have thought maybe there might have been 
a bit more HR involved with that, maybe some kind of a slow dissolution, especially if Embracer Group had more control over the way that they did it. Um, kind of made me feel like maybe Embracer Group didn't have an awful lot of control over what actually happened to Volition itself. But I don't know. It's just, it's it's bizarre how quickly it happened. It was people were posting they'd lost their jobs. Then all of a sudden it was like, bang, go on, see you later. And again, super unceremonious. Like it was just <laughs> just over yeah. Twitter. See you later. People in in on LinkedIn posting all kinds of nasty comments about uh, about the uh, management there, and um, yeah, it it is a shame to see things go up in flames like this because I think you know games industry is a real tough industry to make a crust, and it's even tougher yeah. when you know you uh, you're you're operating on a AAA scale and uh, you don't manage to capitalize on your IP, a la what's happened to Volition. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty rough, and like uh, every J in chats is saying, uh, you know, a lot of tech layoffs at the moment, and um, yeah, just you know, I think uh, economically things are looking a yeah. bit rough, um, and so yeah, it just it just kind of fell over on itself quite quickly, um, but yeah, so there you go. Unfortunate, Heart, but uh, hearts go out yeah. to to everyone at Volition. Absolutely, hopefully, uh, those people can pick up new jobs ASAP. Um, Best of luck, but uh, yeah. So there you freaking go. Now that was the freaking quest log. Well done, Six. Freaking freaking smash We've through that, it. mate. Done it. But uh, now I forgot to pull a poll up last weekend. So apologies. I freaking done it again. But I'm going to blame Grizz since he's not here and can't defend himself. So it's all <laughs> his fault. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll have a poll next week. Uh, Twitter dot dot tv dot com slash. Well, x dot com now, isn't it? Uh, I think no, it's is it, Twitter. Is it, it's Twitter, it's still isn't it? Twitter. It's still Twitter. Yeah. Sorry, Elon Musk. You can't just change the, the name of a cultural phenomenon like that. Okay. You bastard. Now, twitter.com slash OGR show. Go and follow us there. Keep an eye out for polls. I promise you'll have one, not next week, but the week after. Okay. More news on what's going on. Remind me, Pav, if you're there, that we need to discuss that. The fact that, well, I'm just going to say it now. We're having in hiatus next week. Just FYI. Just so you know. All right. Now, let's jump freaking straight into the old how's your gaming been done, Sukai. What you been up to, mate? Now, I think you noted that you've been playing a few uh, Elden Ring randomizers. Excuse me? Yeah. So, for I, I last month, I uh, I had my my five-year anniversary as, a, as an affiliate on Twitch. So, to to celebrate that, I started a, a fresh uh, randomizer run on Elden Ring. So for people who don't know what that is, basically it's a mod that you install that shuffles around all the bosses and items and everything. So things don't appear where they should be. So when you get to the bridge where you would normally fight your your first your first boss. Yeah, Morgot, um, the old mate. Yeah, Margot. Uh Instead of Margot, there I had Ancestral Spirit, the the big old oh. moose. Right. Um, How did so that go? That was that small area. Uh, it's not fun. I haven't managed to beat it yet. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't go well in a small area like that. Um, but yeah, that that's actually been really fun because I went in obviously trying to make it a bit of a challenge for myself. So I went in with the uh, with the class that doesn't. That doesn't have any armor starts and starts naked like has nothing um and just been sort of working off what i can find in 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 the randomized game and it's it's been really fun yeah yeah rad 
So items randomized as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so okay. item, items will randomize. There's There are certain... There's tweaks you can do in the back end of the mod to be able to like make your key items stay where they were in the original game so you yeah. can still make progress. Yeah. Because um, you but, could basically kill the run, essentially, I'd imagine, yeah. if you had that. Certain keys wouldn't be there for you to progress and yes. yeah, might be behind the wall that you need to progress beyond. Correct. Um, yeah. 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 Cool, cool way to play. Like, do, do, can you set it up so, like, for example, like the tree sentinel that you meet outside on the horse, um, he's randomized? Yep. he's He was randomized in mine. Um, I don't remember what mob it had randomized it to. But it wasn't it wasn't him. It wasn't the tree sentinel. It was yeah. it was something else when I got there and I didn't fight him because I'm like, I can't fight you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically, oh, how my, you going? <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll kick my ass if yeah. if I find you. But what it can do is it doesn't it isn't always a boss as well. It might just be a random mob that's just been buffed up to oh. to have like a boss boss health bar. That's so, kind of rad. Yeah. I love that. So you could literally just get like you know, the Godfrey soldier, you know, 2.0. Yeah. yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. But it, Big fan of that. If you, it's like if you are ever wanting to get back into it and, and play, play Elden Ring again, it's a really good way of sort of breathing new life into it and getting a new experience out of it. Yeah, I was because I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, I kind of feel like I am, I, I am kind of maybe ready to jump back into Elden Ring, but I was like, hmm. Presumably DLC soon-ish. Soon-ish, I would hope. You know, and, you know, all these other freaking games that are out at the moment, you know, it honestly feels like a sea of video games at the moment. Yeah. Like this year has been nuts for video games. Yeah. You know, Starfield, freaking Tears of the Kingdom, Sea of Stars now is, uh, you know, Baldur's Gate. We've got um, uh, we've got freaking Assassin's Creed Barrage coming out. Um, what else we got? Spider-Man 2 this month. Spider-Man 2. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Not that I'll, you know, not a huge Marvel fan, but I know a lot of people are super excited for that and looks really rad as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just actually crazy. Like this is this is, you know, a freaking quite quite the year for video games. We've, we've it, been eating well this year, that's for sure. Oh yeah. It, it kind of feels Sooks, like we've maybe hit that point beyond um COVID where the delays have kind of yeah, like caught up, you know what I mean? Um and it's just kind of all coalesced into this one big year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, crazy, crazy shit. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Now, any other video games in your Horizon Seeks apart from CS Stars? Um, no. I mean, I've been, I've, I've gotten myself back in, back into Destiny. Um, yeah. I sort of What's fell the off the state that of Destiny at the moment. Like, how's it, how's it feeling? I know there's a, there's a, there was a oh, moment it's... in time where everyone was angry. Um, and maybe that, maybe that just oh, seems like they're most all of the still time. a bit angry. I think. Yeah. But yeah, it's. You know, it's it's the same old Destiny. It's the same game yeah. it's been. There hasn't been any radical changes. It's just something about this season has kind of dragged me back in, and and I wanna I wanna grind it out. So, yeah. yeah. What's the uh, what's the big sort of plot point this season, and what kind of event have you got? So the the plot of this story is uh, basically we need to try and. We're we're working with Savathun and specifically uh, Savathun's ghost, Imaru, uh, to to kill Zivorath, um, who is one of the other one of the other um 
big bad hive hive worm gods. Okay. Um, I was because... kind of hoping they'd get their own expansion or something, but um, <clears throat> is or I don't know how's that kind of panning out. It's it's flowing into so this story is flowing into what what um the final shape is going to be so that the right. the next expansion so this is all moving toward that whole that whole storyline in there yeah yeah okay <clears throat> yeah because uh, are people angry because they feel like Destiny Two isn't being serviced as well because Bungie's been putting more time and effort into Marathon or something is that was that my read correct there. I think I think a lot of people their frustrations with Destiny stem from most of the seasonal content is quite cookie cutter. Yeah. A lot of the time, it's like it's the same thing that has been in previous seasons with just a new skin on top of it. Yeah, which which yeah. I think is a fair criticism. That's that's totally oh, absolutely. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had that complaint since fucking like Dreaming City. <laughs> Basically, yeah. you know, it's just, it's unfortunate, but they haven't like, I, and I make this comparison a lot. Like you look at what uh, Warframe has done to their game mm, um, yeah, and, you know, they have iterated quite dramatically on, you know, yeah, hey, Pav, <laughs> you know, you, you say we, Warframe we three times in the mirror, you're going to see Pav. <laughs> um, you know, they've done a lot of stuff <laughs> to that game. They've put fucking Guitar Hero in there, basically. Um, Destiny 2, not so much. And You know, like I understand not wanting to deviate too much from the path and maybe trying to uh, enforce uh, and, you know, concrete what you've got. But, I mean, they haven't even really, you know, improved what they've got there in a way that they've made it more interesting. Yeah. At least what I've seen, you know, what was the last thing I jumped on board with? Um, oh, I think it was, well, it was the Savathun um, Beyond Light, I guess. Was it the most recent one? Uh, Witch Queen would have been the most Witch recent. Queen. Sorry, that's the one I meant. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, jumped on for that. And yeah, I don't know. Just, just haven't quite freaking, you know, tickled it. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how Marathon goes for them. Yes, I'm, I'm very keen to see, to see more on Marathon. Yeah. Are you a Tarkov player? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I play a lot of Tarkov. Yeah. I've never really bounced into there, but I can see definitely see myself getting into a Bungie version of that yeah. game. You know, I think that'll definitely. be kind of rad. Um, not that we have an awful lot of information on what that game's going to look like, but we know it's going to be kind of like an extraction shooter, right? So, yeah, um, you know, looks pretty rad. But uh, but yeah, anyways, there you freaking go. All right, moving on freaking along. Let's dive into the uh, rapid fire news, baby. Brought to you by DJ Francesco. It's in the game. It's in the game, Sukai. Uh, pretty big rapid fire here today, but we're going we're gonna to freaking make our way through it. Don't you bloody worry. Starting off with Rockstar VP, Michael Unsworth, has left Rockstar Games after 16 illustrious years, Sukai. That's a long career. It is a long career. Now, Michael was one of the lead writers on GTA V and Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, of those games, there's kind of like the triumvirate, uh, you know, the, the three lead writers that were working on those two games and a few of the other games before. Uh, of those main lead writers, only one remains. Um, yes. Obviously not Michael Unsworth. So it kind of calls into question, I guess, maybe how... You know, because these guys are incredible fucking game writers. Like, you know, Red Redemption 2, 
exceptional game, um, exceptional writing, um, and even GTA Five. You know, um, well written, well put together. So it makes you wonder, I guess, what GTA Six is going to look like. You know, um, I do wonder if he has worked on GTA Six as well, and yeah, and, and left his like, nuggets behind. Yeah, his his work was was done, and he was like, "All right, it's time to move on to the next project." Yeah, yeah. And I'm not too sure if Michael sort of said what they're doing. I think kind of it was just kind of fairly, <laughs> fairly randomly found um, on on LinkedIn or something. It was kind of the 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 the, the typical on on to my next adventure kind of thing, and it's ah uh, yeah, you know, classic. No yeah. real idea of what that is. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be interesting to see what Michael gets up to. Maybe their own studio or something along those lines. But uh, but we'll see. Now. Good on uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, Sukai, Immortals of Avium. You, you picking this this one up, mate? Immortals of Avium peaks at an absolutely whopping 751 players on Steam five days post-release. Yeah, pretty brutal. Um, do you know what? I was trying to think what this game even was. Um, I'm wondering if there's any marketing, but... It was very little marketing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, which I'm, I'm guessing didn't help it too much, but I, I don't know if it's been particularly well sort of uh, received. Um, but, uh, yeah, rough, rough. You hate to see it, um, but not all games are created so, equal. I will, I will, I've, I've just opened the, the Reddit link that we had in the run sheet and... Yeah. Uh, one of the comments, the top comment is, well, after they released requirements that basically said 85% of the player base can't even play it, it was essentially marketing done. So apparently they were listing a Ryzen 3700X as a minimum. Whoa. As okay. a minimum. That is nuts. Okay. And you have to have uh, FSR 3. Uh, and, a, and, a as tw- a and a 2080. <laughs> 2080 minimum. 3700X and a 2080 as a minimum to run this game. I think, I think everyone saw that and went, nah. That is hilarious um, because, A, to me, that just kind of sounds like you have not done a particularly good job of, uh, what do you call it? Um, optimizing. Optimizing yeah. your game, um, firstly. But secondly, like maybe they thought they were being cool and doing the whole crisis thing um, that, uh, you know, back in the day when uh, if your computer could run crisis, it was like, oh, man, you've got a beast of a rig. That's really cool. And crisis sold a shitload of copies because it was the game to run on your PC. Yeah. I just don't think they had that marketing behind their game, if any marketing at all, and it has not paid off for them at all. (laughs) At all. Apparently, yeah. I've I've dug further down into the comments. Apparently, Skill Up was running it with a 2080 Ti, everything set to low and DLSS on, and he couldn't hold 60 FPS at 1080p. Dude, that is crazy. That's that is wild. crazy, dude. That's kind of surprising that Skill Up has a 2080 Ti as their card. I would have thought that Skill Up would have. Had I think like I think he's got PC. multiple. I think he's got multiple test rigs for okay. for doing this sort of stuff. Yeah, good. I was going to say, because if that's the main rig, that's really weird. <laughs> Anyways, all right, there you go. Um, Baldur's Gate 2 uh, has a patch that's just hit. Uh, sorry, Baldur's Gate 3 has patch number two, and it's just hit with a bunch of improvements, shitload of stuff in there. Um, you know, the list is is massive. Um, 
but yeah, there's a few highlights. So um, so much that I so much that I think they they couldn't actually put all the patch notes into Steam. Yes, yeah, I think this has happened twice with them, basically. So patch mm. one was massive as well, um, but there's a bunch of shit in there: controller fixes, UI fixes, performance and optimization, crash fixes. Um, there's a bunch of highlights. They fixed some stuff with Carlac uh, and just kind of making their ending a bit better um and just uh also kind of made those changes effective within the kind of party dynamics as well um also fixed uh some shit happening with withers um so um you know you can sort that out as well uh, but yeah a lot of optimizations they also uh, reduced the size of the saves um which is probably a good oh, thing okay. if you're a player like me who is saving literally every five fucking steps in that game um so yeah that's a great optimization in my opinion so there you freaking go uh but yeah there you go yeah sounds good uh next on the list sukai factorio is releasing a new expansion which includes interplanetary travel kind of nuts you ever played factorio before i have not that is not one i've i've ever delved into yeah well this new expansion is going to see you like sitting on an asteroid grabbing space things um, by the looks of stuff on the <laughs> on the forum post, it was kind of rad. Um, Factorio's never really been my thing, honestly. A little bit too anxiety-inducing, um, more so just in the sense of the grand scale of the amount of shit you're doing. But um, yeah, a lot of people really like Factorio and, and what it's done for. <clears throat> I guess that uh, you know that uh, repetitious kind of um, uh, builder builder game um so yeah so looks satisfaction like of of building a whole system and having it all just work yeah exactly which is kind of rad um we used to play it a little bit at my old job um we have factorio nights not that i was very good at it i just run around shooting things but um yeah it's a cool game now they've got um some new planets you can visit which will enable you to get more uh what what would you call this like uh, technology options uh and that kind of increases your rewards and you can kind of tackle the planets in certain orders but there's like one god planet you go to at the very end so you can kind of figure out your strategic way of getting there and uh they are releasing uh, a new platform slash engine for the game as well to make uh you know improvements to that game that weren't possible otherwise another game that did that recently was uh vampire survivors um so yeah new new freaking engine there you freaking go so pretty cool um but yeah all right now uh we kind of spoke about this earlier um so kai but es6 has left pre-production says pete hines that's pretty bloody exciting um Probably not going to hear anything for a while, though, uh, no. I'd imagine. Probably at least two years away for any sort of news at all. So, um, yeah, and even then it probably will be another trailer of an eagle flying over the top of uh, Tamriel and doing basically nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, well done, Bethesda. Uh, now, the US game industry is growing again following COVID supply constraints, Sukai. Uh, there was a bit of a dip last year in terms of sales uh, and, uh, I guess, total consumer spend. Uh, but we're, we're, we're moving back up, baby. Um, does that match your, um, your spending habits, Sukai? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm building a house. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't I can't buy video games. Yeah. That's why I, I got Game possibly. Pass again. Yeah. Oh thank God for Game Pass, hey. Oh, thank uh, God for Game Pass. <laughs> um but there you freaking go. Apparently there was a bit of a plateau for even game subscription spending and and all kinds of bits and pieces. So, so it's quite an interesting yeah. article looking at the, at the data of all this. But, uh, but uh, we're 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 back up. We're on the way back up. So I'm sure uh, our good friend Bobby Kotick is going to be uh, licking his lips uh, in in pleasure. So, uh, good job, gamers everywhere. Uh, now, Atlas Game Director notes that Studio uh, was on the verge of collapse during the development of Persona Three. You much of a Persona player, Sukai? Uh, I have not Persona specifically, but I've played other games like in that same kind of realm. Like, um, yeah, Strikers. I think, uh, I think, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. That's yep. wild though, because I think like Persona Three is well loved, like big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah. I mean, it's getting. Is it Persona Three that's getting the uh, the remake, or is that Persona Two? I know this one getting I a full think it's remake. Three. I feel like me. Three. Persona 3 Reload? Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Persona yeah, 3, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that's probably before f- 4 came out. It was the the poster child of those games. So obviously it sounds like Persona 3 probably brought the, the studio out of that uh, doldrum that they were having. Um, mm. But yeah, it looks like it was getting a bit bit rough there for a while. Kind of uh, so, yeah. exactly when it needed to hit. Absolutely. Kind of like, um, I don't know if you know the story about Final Fantasy, but the reason they called it Final Fantasy was because it was literally the studio's last hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was making it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was literally so, the, uh, the last, the last ditch effort before, before the company went under. Yep. So, uh, yeah, similar kind of, um, circumstances for old Atlas. Now, um, <clears throat> Cyberpunk is going to be getting a revamped police system in the 2.0 patch, which is just going to bring along the uh, God. I can't remember what the the, uh, the expansion is called. It's called um, Phantom like, Liberty. Phantom, ah, that's right, Phantom Liberty. Um, alongside a shitload of other stuff, but I know the police was a particular pain point for a lot of players, just yeah. in terms of just poor AI and just not really being particularly interesting. So. You know, they'll chase you and do all kinds of other bits and pieces. So um I welcome change, but it looks things suits. Yeah. Yeah. That I I did have a, a similar issue. I, I yeah. wasn't a huge fan of how the how the police worked in, in the original. Yeah. Um so nice to know that that, that that's been uh, revamped. Addressed. Yeah, yes. so a huge fan of that. Um now uh do you get much into action RPGs, Sukai? A little bit. A little yeah. bit. What's your what's your your uh, your weapon of choice? Uh look, mostly Diablo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll the I'm, OG. I'm, uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give Path of Exile a go every now and then. Okay, very nice. Uh, did you ever tread foot into the Grim Dawn fantasy? I didn't, but I've had many friends tell me I should. Yeah, excellent game, really well put together. Um, now they're releasing a new expansion. They did tease one recently and uh, they have since fully announced it. it's going to be called Fangs of Astakhan. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of shit in there. Um, yeah, basically uh, they've got a new game mode, Transformative Tenth Mastery, Explore a New champ- Chapter of Can, uh, post- uh, Potion Customization, 
Aphex transmutation, crucible expanded, the shattered realm grows, discover hundreds of new items, awaken epic items and two new factions. So um, quite a lot and apparently will be priced very similarly to past expansions and you can expect it uh, in 2024. So coming soon. Exactly. Um, Now... Uh, Phasmophobia, uh, they had a console version in the work suits, but uh, it's since been delayed because uh, they had an office fire. Uh, so don't know how long the delay is going to be, but they did say, look, bear with us. Um, unfortunately, uh, we can't do much about it, which is a bit yeah. rough. Yeah, that's, that sucks. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder how much damage was caused. Well, obviously enough to delay it. I'd yeah, imagine probably, uh, you know, I, I'm not too sure how they go about, you know, because obviously games development uh, tends to be fairly secretive because they want to kind of keep things under wraps. And I'd, I'd imagine there'd be a fair bit of uh, in-house uh, data storage. So if any of that went up in flames, I imagine it'd be pretty rough for them. I'm sure they'd have backups, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty garbo. So, um, oh God, phasmophobia. Uh, have you played it recently, Sukai? I have not. I've never played it. I know what it is, and it's like it's just not for me. Yeah. Oh man, we had a really good time when it first came out, but God, that game was a, it was something else, my friend. Something else entirely. Um, but yeah, there you go. Uh, now, uh, just uh, for strategy uh, gaming fans, just so you're aware. Um, well, you've got until 10 a.m. Pacific today, uh, but the Strategy Steam Fest is, is on. So uh, you want to get a new st- uh, strategy game? Get in there and fucking buy one, okay? Get around it. Um, now, what else we got? Uh, some bloody silly bugger, Sukai, has just copped 12 years in prison after he uh, they leaked Starfield. Now, it wasn't the only thing they did. They did steal a shitload of stuff and just were a general yeah. nuisance. Uh, but it was definitely one of the things they did. So uh, there you go. They stole a bunch of shit from like a GameStop or something, and then uh, they, fucking, they basically yes. put it all on eBay uh, and uh, got caught, and now they're looking at 12 years jail. Yeah, so so what happened here was he's, he's been charged with a Class D felony theft, which means he's facing up to 12 years in prison. Um, uh, basically what happened is uh, he's... But he had a bunch of copies of the game at his house that he had stolen from a GameStop that uh, that authorities yeah. found, one of which was still sealed in the FedEx packaging. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Rough. Brutal. Brutal and rough. So, yeah, look, probably just don't do that. Um, yeah, probably but, not. Uh, you know, not everyone's created equal. Um, all right, final one on the, uh, on the run list here, mate. But uh, uh, From Software has released a freaking hilarious Fires of Rubicon insurance ad featuring Rain Wilson of The Office, US version. Uh, it basically follows <laughs> Rain Wilson being a like insurance broker slash um, you know phone call receiver for people um, trying to make insurance claims on their mechs that are being damaged out in the Fires of Rubicon. <laughs> And it's it's fucking brilliant. You got to go and check it out. Uh, go yeah, on I, to, have, I haven't seen this. I'm, I've got that open in another tab. I'll give that a watch. Yeah, it's a cracker. Um, in, exceptionally funny. It very much channeling Dw- Dwight. Um, uh, what is it? Shroot. Dwight Shroot. Dwight Shroot. Uh, big time. Um, 
but it is an exceptional ad. Highly recommend. Go and look it up on uh, YouTube. Uh, just look up, um, what's it called? Meckless Mutual, I believe, is the insurance firm that he's working for. Yes. Very, very, very well put together ad. But uh, look, everyone, that's, that's the freaking episode. Bloody appreciate everyone being here and a big thank you to you, Sooks, um, for, for stepping in and and uh, you know, putting on the Grizz cap. Uh, you've been a pleasure to have you on here, mate. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have. I've had a good time. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate, it's been wonderful. Uh, now, do you want to just go again with uh, where people can find you, mate? Yeah, you can find me on every platform, SukaiAU, on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, the whole bit. Same, same handle everywhere. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, now, from us, uh, you can find all of our links on OGR.show. Just type that into your web browser. Uh, you know, your podcast platforms, you'll find them all there. Uh, the only thing you won't find there is our Twitch link, twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. Drop us a follow. We bloody appreciate it. Come and say day. We're live every Monday night, 7 p.m. W-A-W-S-T, uh, recording this freaking bad boy live. So come and join such legends as... Uh, by Dan, uh, Straight Jacket Jim, Blindside of Moose, Airy J, uh, Spork, uh, Daddy Sinuana, uh, Blue Streak, and a bunch of other legends. So, yeah, you can come join the crew. Come and say good day. And uh, Kamikaze Cracker, obviously, as well. Uh, other than that, if you are listening to this via podcast, we'd really appreciate a review. Uh, so do that too. Uh, and if you would like to support us financially via Patreon, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash show. Uh, apart from that, I think that's about everything from us. We will be on hiatus uh, next week. Uh, we're gonna have a little break uh, since Chris is away. We thought, you know what, we're gonna we're just gonna put it on the cooler for a little bit. You know, come back relaxed, refreshed, and ready for another episode. So, um, Chris is gonna be away for that week as well. But we've got a good mate of ours, Red Weird, is gonna be coming on here and saying good day. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to that episode as well. So, get around it, be ready, and we'll see you in a fortnight. Thank you very much. Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.